Hello and welcome to this episode of The Geek Embassy Watches Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, and I'm here tonight with Dante and our very special guest, Liam Dines. Say hi, everybody. What up? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Liam and I are writer friends, uh, both with uh, previous uh, uh, indie publishing experience, I'll say. Sounds good, right? <laughs> very polite way of saying yes. it. Yes, yeah, very polite way of saying it. <laughs> and um, we've been talking off camera and off recording about um, Star Trek Discovery um, pretty much since it started. Um, and I wanted to have maybe somebody who wasn't quite um, uh, uh, just as enthusiastic as Dante and I, although Liam is pretty much a fan too. So we might just all be fanning out over this. We'll see how this episode goes. But, I'm pretty excited. It's going to be <laughs> a new voice, a new voice for our, uh, the Geek Embassy Watches disco. Um, I won't dance. Um, so tonight we have episodes 12 and 13. Um, episode 12 is titled Vaulting Ambition, and episode 13 is What's Past is Prologue. Um, pretty intense episodes. They move pretty quick. We had a lot of sort of story, and I feel like the characters are pretty established at this point, but a um, little character development, maybe. Yeah, a tiny bit. It seems like we have gotten through most of the character-focused bits at this point. Um, for, the, you know, for the most part, um, the show seems to be hurtling towards a conclusion because they've yes. only got you know, 50 more minutes per episode, 100 minutes of, uh, of screen time to go ahead and wrap up everything that they've been doing for the last uh, 12, 13 episodes. Well, there's actually two more episodes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that yeah, like yeah. I said, like yeah, they got yeah. hundred more minutes to yeah. uh, split over two episodes. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless episode fifteen is some mega long, you know, hour and a half bit, yeah. which, I mean, considering how many curveballs this show has thrown at us, I would not be surprised if they yeah. gave us an hour and a half long. And a finale. double episode at the end that could yeah. be, yeah. Well, um, let's resolve our predictions from episodes ten and eleven, which seem kind of um, hilarious. Um, oh, Isab <laughs> Isabella is not joining us tonight, but I will share what her predictions were. Um, mm -hmm. So um, Saru, she thought something bad had happened to his people, mm -hmm. which I guess we can give her kind of half credit for that one. Um, well, yeah, I mean, because oh, spoilers do abound. People who are listening and watching, we're going to spoil the whole the, both both episodes. Mm hmm. And uh, I mean, people get eaten in the mirror universe. His people get eaten. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So something terrible does happen to his people. <laughs> I would say, on its face, that's a that's a full mark. Yeah, I don't know if that's, that's a half mark. Long, maybe it isn't that. It, yeah. maybe it isn't that it's some extinction crisis, but I'd say being a slave race and then eaten and eaten. Yeah. Qualifies yeah. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I go there too. Um, mm -hmm. She also said the spore drive was going to be the thing that got them back into the mirror universe or got them out of the mirror universe. And I mean, and yes, yes. I mean, it, it's half the spore drive and half Trekno babble. Uh, <laughs> they got them back. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, we'll give her some credit for both of those. Um, 
All right, so Dante. Yeah. Um, you're well. This is funny because we don't talk too much, at least in the second episode of um, an episode uh, thirteen. We don't talk too much about Ash, but all, most of your predictions were about Ash. Mm-hmm. Um, that his consciousnesses were going to fight with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that there was going to be a psychic struggle, and that Ash was going to win out and somehow help the crew through self-sacrifice. Okay, I feel like the jury is still out on that one. The jury is definitely still out on that one. I think there was kind of a fight for his consciousness, though. Yes. I mean, that happened. Yeah, I mean, there was also a surgery for his consciousness, but yes. we'll get to that later. Yes, yes. Um, and you thought that Lorca wasn't really going to be a traitor and that that was a red herring because they had pushed it so hard that you didn't mm-hmm. think that, that was going to be true. Yeah, yeah, that one was completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, internets. Yep. The internets are right again. Two for two on this one. Oh, God. That's so it's frustrating. Still I'm still, it still blows me away that the Ash theory was right. Like, that still gets me. But... Yeah, like the Ash theory was right, and now the Lorca theory was correct. The theory was correct. Like, was like, correct. like yep. now I just know that I need to stay away from the Star Trek Discovery subreddit, and I'll be fine. Yes. Well, it was it was Liam who was telling me about Mira Lorca, Lorca being the the one, or, or our prime Lorca being really Mira Lorca. So, yeah. so I have to not. I have to give you a nod for that one too, Liam. <laughs> Again, I just mostly stole that. I don't even remember where I got it from. I wasn't, I wasn't checking Reddit or anything too often. I was just reading reviews, like comments on reviews, or people were just spitballing. And it was mostly the really angry people who were just saying that he was Mirror Lorca, mostly just because they couldn't comprehend that he might just be. Slightly checkered and yeah. gray, but mm-hmm. huh. so it turned out that they were were sort of they backed into the right answer, for right? The wrong reasons for the wrong reasons, not That's like actually going hilarious. at it. Yeah, it is because I liked that he was so checkered, and I actually a good friend of mine stopped watching the show. Like she loves um, Jason Isaac, like she just thinks mm-hmm. you know the cat's meow. And yeah. she stopped watching the show because he was a bad guy and he wasn't mm-hmm. what she wanted him to be. And she was like, I, I'm tired of seeing him play bad guys. I want him to be, a, you know, so he was in Star Trek and so he was going to be a hero. And she <laughs> yeah. Lorca and Lorca's Which is muddy. weird because I actually had the opposite reaction, which is as soon as they cast Jason Isaacs, I was like, well, then this guy's going to be, there's going to be something up with this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't cast Jason Isaacs to get a good guy. Well, no, I mean, I mean, I can't even imagine him like, like his face, not looking evil. <laughs> yeah, he's just got one of those faces. He does like his comportment, the way he carries himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, He's just a bad. He's just a bad guy. Yeah, but he's just a bad, bad man. He's just he's a bad. And that was what I said. I said he was yeah. definitely a bad guy, and he was definitely up to no good. Mm-hmm. And I also thought that Doctor Culber was going to live. And I okay. was, I was wrong on that one. Yeah. Um, I, I actually had hoped um, that um, he would have been in the um, the mirror. Doctor would have been alive, and I imagined that what happened to Giorgio was going to happen to him. They would bring gotcha. the mirror version back, but uh, okay. I that didn't you. happen. Yeah. yeah. I, all right. So I, I I'm going to let you finish, but I just found uh, that it really, was it. That was all I, of the predictions. So oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Cause I was, I was just, I was just going to make a very f- punny remark about how you use 
uh, used the fact that he was up to no good, would you say that you solemnly swore it? <laughs> Get it? Because he was in Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I really just had to. <laughs> I did actually write those very words in my notes too. That I oh, very nice. So yes, so that was my my very thing. All right. So, do we want to try to do a really quick summary? Uh, let's actually, let's see. What does the does the IMDb says Burnham heads to the ISS Sharon with a special gift from the Emperor. With the help of an unexpected source, Stamets gets clarity while trapped inside the medicine, uh, mycelial network, and Saru mm -hmm. asks for Laurel's help. Yep. That actually does hit all the major points of it. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. yeah. So they they head to the to the Sharon and yeah. uh, the gift is Lorca. Yeah, the yeah the gift is Lorca. Um, he spends all all episode basically in a torture chamber, um, being tortured by the brother of a person that he had apparently been Have copulating with, with, and uh, subsequently either killed or got her killed, which doesn't particularly matter to her uh, to her uh, her surviving brother. Um, and that's when we find out that, you know, spoiler alert, Lorca is actually Mirror Lorca. Um, and he's been Mirror Lorca the whole time. Yeah. Know, just, just like Bruce Willis. It was great. Um, and we, f and then we finally see Stamets uh, work his way out of the mycelial network with the help of Dr. Colbert and Mirror Stamets, who is a spineless, sniveling coward, and I hate every single second that he's on screen, but I love every single second that he's on screen, too, because he's still Stamets, and I love it. <laughs> well, I just, one of my favorite pieces of that was when, oh, wait, that's in, that, that's in the next episode. Yeah, that's in the next episode. I'll wait. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, he, and he's not, he's being kind of cagey. Mirror Stamets is being kind of cagey uh -huh. with prime statements um, with like, you need to help me and I need to follow you out and you need to make this happen because I've been stuck here and being stuck here. Cause isn't that what he says? Like being stuck here. Yeah. Is, being stuck here is, is degrading the, uh, the mycelial network. Right. Uh, well, so, at least, at least that was his working theory at the time. Right. Right. We, we soon come to find out during the episode um, or maybe, or maybe it was uh, the beginning part of episode 13 that, um, Oh no! It actually was during episode twelve because Culber was the one who ends up telling regular Stamets yeah. uh, or Prime Stamets uh, that Mirror Stamets is tampering with the network and using it for his own gain um, and his own personal ambition ended up corrupting it, and it is right. breaking down from the inside. Everyone has got these weird half burn, half scabby things that was you know, it's spreading like a uh, you know like a like a pox or like a poison a rash, or something like yeah. that. Uh, up and down their arms and things like that and it's up to prime stamets to get out and repair it before the entire universe implodes upon itself or something right you know trek no babble it's a thing um so can we just start there with culber being alive air quotes yeah. oh god that um, scene i like cried i don't know if anybody else did but I, I mean, you know what, Liam, you haven't been here. What were your thoughts on that scene? Because if I if I start going, I'm not going to stop. 
I didn't mind it. I took it as being sort of, it was both Stamets' own mind and mm-hmm. it was the network itself explaining, expositing what needed to be exposited for him to learn it. Mm-hmm. And I've sort of been fine. I've accepted the this fungus network as a thing, as a device for this story. I, I'm, uh, I think like you guess like I said, even a little bit pre-show or that you weren't sure if I would be a slightly critical voice or a supportive mm-hmm. voice. And I've, I've been just boosting this thing the whole time. I, <laughs> and even the pilot was, it didn't start the strongest. The pilot had some issues, yeah. but since then I've just, my enjoyment of this show ramps up continually and I've yeah. just been willing to accept the stuff That's how that we've other been people too. can't get yeah. past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking to a friend a couple of weeks ago who just, he couldn't really get past the Klingon stuff. Mm. Okay. And like, this is a That's very fair. smart, very sci-fi literate friend of mine who was usually very open to all this stuff. And he just, but he couldn't get past just the, almost the just uh, non even, not even story-based, just the weird arbitrary nature of the, the Klingon stuff. And the, the seemingly completely unnecessary reason to do it. Which then we explain, like, like my wife and I are sort of up on the background of it, and we're like, well, that was just, that was a Brian Fuller decision. Arguably, it's one of the things that, according to the gossip, got him more or less voluntold to leave the show because they spent so much money and oh, time oh. redoing oh. the Klingons. Oh, really? That's what I've, that's what I've seen somewhere anyway. I can't source it immediately. That's okay. I'd, I'd try, but it's 11.30 at night for me. And yeah. God, that's a, sorry. It's a thing I've seen somewhere, and it's it mm-hmm. was that Brian Fuller spent so much time on that um, that he... Um, that the, the network just sort of said that they parted ways. There were, there were creative differences. Mm-hmm. And yeah, of course, there's people who've been left to pick it up, left to pick up the pieces, first of all, have done a spectacular job because I think yeah. this is, I think the fact that it's turned out again, I'm a probably an apologist for it, but I think <laughs> the fact that it's turned out anywhere near as good as it has, has been sort of nothing short of a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree. Yeah. And I heard that too. And all the, you know, everybody thought it was going to like tank because there had been so many creative issues that came out in the beginning yeah, like um, we, Brian Fuller walks away. Mm-hmm. They delay it twice. Mm-hmm. They never yeah. show anything. They keep sort of equivocating on what it's going to be. It's ended up being like necessary because the first two episodes were basically thrown out at the end of the two episodes, with the exception of Burnham's actions in the war. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was a weird soft reboot in the middle of it. And then, but then actually, then also after that, if you look at the behind the scenes, that was where they lose their showrunner. Mm-hmm. They have to switch over the whole thing. They've been left with these odd choices. Um, and then another thing that I will, the one very quick anecdote I will tell that, that happened really interestingly to my wife and I a couple months ago, because again, we're in Toronto where they're shooting. We had gone out for our anniversary uh, a little bit late because we had a two-month-old at that point. Um, we we so we we missed the actual date of our anniversary by a little bit. And we went to see Blade Runner, and then went out to dinner at one of the places we really like near our house, which is in the east end of the city, which is near the studios. 
Mm -hmm. And it turns out that as we sat there for two hours or so, just slowly eating a very, very good meal, that the table next to us was people who work on the set. Oh, wow. Um, And they were in the midst of shooting one of these last two episodes, I think probably even past where we're watching right now. I think it was, it was very early October. And by what I'd read around there, they were close to shooting the finale. They were close to wrapping the whole season and they were all just sort of, again, it was, it was people just talking shop over dinner. It wasn't, and they weren't being, we were doing the best we could to talk about how, how blown our minds were after Blade Runner, which we both loved. But then also after sitting there for a while and this table of three or four people slowly filtering in as their day, as their day ended from about seven o'clock until nine 30 or so, because they were just continually waiting, waiting for people. They were like, yeah, we're, we're with the fourth unit and they were trying to translate it from the original Klingon. (laughs) And there just turned out, there was a lot of derisive talking about how absurd the Klingons were and how hard it was to work for the actors in all of that gear. Yeah. And that yeah. it was no, it was an open mm-hmm. secret how much everyone working on it sort of had some deta- distaste for it. And that were they were to make those decisions again, mm-hmm. someone would probably not make those decisions. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, it was like that as a viewer, like looking at them and trying to like suss out emotion with the way they had done them. Um, masks. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just remember thinking we couldn't see anything of the actors, and then oh, when yeah. they had when they had the Ash reveal, uh, you know, a couple episodes back, I was like, oh, I should have been able to recognize him from his voice. But it was only when he was like warring with himself, where it's you know, mm-hmm. um, the mirror actual Klingon of himself on the Rebel base, and Ash, who's been you know implanted with his consciousness like looking at each other that i like hear their voices next to each other and i'm like oh okay these are the same people yeah it's it was the only way you would have recognized them yes mm-hmm. that's why i think that was pretty well done like yeah. the, some people were up in arms that that was a cheap thing i'm like no this is i don't think so they a they said it in as many words that that yeah. was their plan mm-hmm. he yeah. showed up the next episode as yeah. a human yeah. Maybe the next episode, maybe two episodes later, which made yeah, a bit of sense. So it could be a bit of time for the surgery to happen. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. he's all, he was very PTSD and very mm-hmm. sort of affected by something. So you knew there was something up. That's the yeah. one thing I really liked about this show in hindsight, even as you watch it, you see it like they haven't been cheating. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They haven't no, been absolutely. doing the cheap tricks or whatnot. Yeah. It, it has, it hasn't been. Well, I mean, there have been curveballs, but it doesn't feel like anything has really come out of left field. Like you, we, I, I absolutely feel like everything that has happened has happened within the parameters and the rules and the universe that they have set up for us. Nothing feels out of place with yeah. uh, with what they've done. Well, and um, and to tie back to what launched us into this discussion, so the st- the scene in the mycelial network with um, Stamets and um, the Doctor uh, Colber. Uh, Culber, um, and what you were saying, Liam, about how it's a combination of, of his own mind and the mycelial network. 
you know, there's been a lot of blowback, and I don't know how much you guys have seen, but of people. I, I haven't kept up with any of the gossip on this show at all. <laughs> well, it's, I've just seen a few articles floating around where people are upset, and that was one thing that Isabella had said too, where you know, um, uh, one of the the gay couple gets broken up, and one of the gay you know uh, uh, couple dies. Um, yeah. and she, and she was pretty upset about that. And a lot of people have been upset, um, by like the idea that he was, you know, um, it was a meaningless death for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I really felt like this scene, given Stamets's, um, character, he wouldn't have come around with anybody else or in any other way. He had to have some sort of, he was, you know, Culver was the only one he had that emotional connection to. Yeah. Um, and so he had to have him there in the network with him or else he would have just, you know, he, yeah, he logic his way around it because he needed to use his emotion to get out of it. So he mm -hmm. would have just like been trying to like figure out how he could try to fix it in the, while he was in the network. And I think it wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been able to pull himself out of it without that. See, I, I mean, like I see where you're coming from, but I disagree. I mean, I still feel like it was a, like it, it was a, it was a pointless death. Um, seeing Culber there soften the blow a little bit, but it doesn't take away from the fact that um, that we got ten episodes with the with the, these characters, and we all loved them. They were, mm -hmm. from what I could tell, they were fan favorites, um, and everyone was really cool with how with how they were doing, how they were portrayed. You know, like, you know not to mention just being a, a non hetero couple, but right. also being an interracial couple as well. Yes, um, it was it was it was. It was wonderful just you know, just for me as a person of color seeing like oh look at that like we get to have healthy relationships on television too awesome and then you snap the neck i mean so i mean yeah. i i i i disagree fundamentally with the fact that um or or with with the assertion that that uh, that Colbert needed to die in order to in order to make this happen i feel like like with the amount of techno babble that they that they've gotten this show and the you know logic loops and backflips that they've got to do in order to just get themselves into the prime universe again and to get themselves uh, to get themselves it you know in and out of all these other fun situations they could have come up with something but they chose to they chose to murder a person of color you know, and a non-hetero person all in one fell swoop. I'm still, like, I'm still not happy with it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I and I don't feel like there is anything inside that scene that necessitated him dying. As far as I'm concerned, like, it's it's just another white male who is getting his story pushed forward by the death of a lover and or a minority person. It's just, it, it, it doesn't sit well with me. It's not gonna sit well with me. Um, I mean, like, and even <laughs> thinking back on it, like, it's still, like, it's still just, it still annoys me. Like I, it's, it's not as close to my heart as it is to Izzy, but, um, but it's still like, yeah, yeah. It, it really rubs me the wrong way. Um, like I've been like, I've been unhappy with some of the things that they've done on this show. Um, but that was just because, like, I thought, like, oh, the writing in this episode was dumb. The, you know, the 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 plot that they chose for this episode is dumb, or like, uh, this is clearly just filler, and they're looking for a throwaway gag. But nothing like this has act 
nothing like that has actually like made me angry. Like like thinking back on on the death and everything that's happened with regards to the death is like it it just makes me angry. Yeah. Um, well, and I don't think there's anything wrong with being angry about it either. Yeah. I mean, I think that 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 also shows that the writing, the character development were, you know, absolutely effective. Um, and I, you know, I, I, no. go ahead. Uh, I, and I also just, one thing that I've said to someone recently, um, I think just on Twitter, uh, an acquaintance of mine was having another, two people were having a discussion about, doesn't matter, tangential acquaintances, but then one of them was just like, I just don't know, I still just think this is weird, it doesn't feel right. I'm like, but also, when's the last time Star Trek, like, got your blood up? Yeah. Yes. When's the last time it did anything? Yes. That, mm-hmm. that made you actually worry, either surprised or angry or worried yeah. or something. I would argue maybe a couple of the Abrams movies because I also yeah. am, am an apologist for those. I think two of the, <laughs> two of the three of those are honestly like top three or four Star Trek movies. But that's probably a whole other discussion. I mean, <laughs> I mean, going on and on are. Our scope. <laughs> I, I I entirely agree with this, that assessment. Actually, like, I mean, I I really like the original. I really like Beyond. I need to watch Beyond again. Now that I think about it, that might actually be what I do after we record this podcast. Now that I think about it, uh, yeah, like Into Darkness was just. I mean, like, it's okay. It's just yeah. okay. Well, yeah. What did you think about that as a story move, though, Liam? In terms of like using Culver and his connection in that in that moment. I I think you're right about that. It needed to be because it's sort of it needed to be something to get Stamets going. Because I mean, he started the show as this humorless, unpleasant, mm-hmm. snippy jerk. Yeah. Um, that you slowly saw. Uh, unravel into new people, into, into not new people, into a oh, well. more rounded person, and now he's one of my favorite characters. Although, actually, I kind of like all of the characters. Yeah, the I do too. I did. I did start off being like, I'm not sure who on this I actually like. I, who do I relate I, to? That was, a, that was another argument that I didn't really agree with. That people yeah. said I don't like anyone. None of them feel like Starfleet people. I'm like, well, they don't have to. Right. Like, like the old. Yeah. The, my, and my main thing of this is just that we, like, if you rewatch some, any Star Trek, with the exception of a few chunks, it's, it's, any of the first 20, 30 years of Star Trek is kind of, is pretty boring sometimes. Mm, yeah. And oh, yeah. Have you, there yeah, aren't have a you lot all, of memorable have you watched Encounter at Farpoint recently? Like, that episode <laughs> is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, yeah. there's just so much Drek and dull star trek in mm-hmm. but just and then to get these arguments that but especially towards the beginning when people are making then none of them feel like starfleet they don't feel like they like each other it doesn't feel like they're the the right kind of crew i'm like okay but again have you gone back and watched much of that recently and, and how i much just don't think it works today. nostalgia yeah yeah it's almost all nostalgia yeah mm-hmm. most of it wouldn't work today mm-hmm Oh yeah, and also you can watch like the Orville right now, which you can't even use right. as a great example <laughs> because it's yeah, it's also half a Seth MacFarlane show. Well, it's an entirely Seth MacFarlane show, but it's it's fifty percent boring Star Trek: The Next Generation and fifty percent Seth MacFarlane jokes. Right. And I actually don't even dislike it particularly. There, I I think it's mm-hmm. been about half and half. 
Yeah. Either good to kind of really good to just awful. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I, well, yeah I, one, of, one of my exes is watching it and she's, she absolutely loves it. But yeah, she's, yeah. But she, she's a really big Star Trek nerd. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting because I know I've heard this a lot um, mm-hmm. in terms of the critiques of disco have been that it's not Trek enough, that it's, you know, it's, it's so different, etc. And I keep thinking about like, if they would have just recanned Trek, right. And just put out ne- another next generation, maybe amped it up a little bit for, you know, current aesthetics. That would have been, everybody would have been mad about that too. Like if it had been too I much mean- like Star Trek, you know, it would have, it would have gotten the same thing. And I think this is just so much more, innovative in its storytelling especially as some of these plot lines are like wrapping in on themselves yeah i mean yeah. i mean honestly like I, mean, I find it super relatable uh first of all like with the crew like i've heard those critiques as well that you know the, like they're they're not a family you know and this is you know this isn't this isn't trek i think that's absolute baloney because I'm trying not to swear on this feed. Um, <laughs> um, like, how many of us have gone into work? Because remind, like, let's remind ourselves, like, this is a job for it's them. A job, yeah. Like, how many of us have gone into work and been super friends with literally everyone that we work with? The answer is probably never. Right. right? Uh, like, like with the, like, I'm sure that there are some exceptions and some people out there in radio land are already yelling at me and saying like, ah, I love everyone I work with. Like, like I'm sure that that's not the experience for the vast majority of us. Yeah. Uh, you know, like they're, they're, well, they're, they're, we go in and like, there's that one person that we're not really friends with, but we're not really not friends with. We just kind of like, Hey, how's it going? And then we just kind of move along our days. I like, think it also makes sense too, that like, like they're at war. Like th- yeah, this, they're also at war. This is not like one of the things about next generation. Um, I said this in the last episode that we recorded, or I was talking mm-hmm. about how I never really felt like, even with Tasha Yar's death in the first season, I never really felt like anybody was at risk in next generation. Or I didn't oh, yeah. feel like anybody yeah. was in danger. Like I'm worried that all of these characters are about to die. And I think that that's good for the franchise. Like I think oh, it's I'm, good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. And see, it's like an energy from it. Cause like mm-hmm. I think the examples I, I was thinking of when I made that point was cause my thing was just like, when's the last time you got, when's the last, I use it like when's the time that you got your blood up? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was oh, like, yeah. we, when you watch like Best of Both Worlds for the first time, although for most of us that was obviously almost thirty years ago, maybe yeah. not, not that long. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I mean that, yeah, that was probably the first time in Next Generation that you know that you actually thought like, oh crap, you know, like you know, the card is actually going to be a villain for the rest of the season, right? Yeah, um, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, you know, and I that's the thing is like I hate well. I don't hate to do it because it's me. I love talking about myself because I'm self-absorbed. Um, I just, I literally just read an article about this uh, on the geek embassy.com. Uh, it's called why your fandom doesn't belong to you. Um, <laughs> you and just happened I, to write it. <laughs> I just happened to write it. Um, I mean, incidentally, I wrote it about a completely different franchise, but in that article, like I was talking about the phenomenon about how 
fans ha- and audiences have absolutely zero idea what you want. And what you said a couple minutes ago is absolutely correct. That you know, like if they had just rehashed Trek, you would get people who were upset saying like, oh man, you know, like there's no original You're ideas anymore. Yeah. He's doing the same thing again. And now that we're doing something different, people, the same people are saying like, oh, well, you know, like well, we wanted it to be different, but the same at the same time. Like we yeah. don't know what we want, but like, I like, I'm on board with this. Like, like it's like, it's gotten my blood up. It's gotten, it's gotten reactions out of me. It has incented me to continue paying CBS $10 a month to go ahead and watch this damn show, (laughs) which I'm still mad about. And I will always be mad about. (laughs) Um, I'm kind of glad though, that it's on the streaming. And, And I partially because, and when we get to, um, episode 13 we can talk more about the action sequences but they have a really like i know they blew a lot of money on the klingons but the production value of this star trek is crazy like the yeah. costumes and the special effects and the things that they're doing they're uh-huh. just so well and and some of that like it's definitely more violent you're seeing you know there's more blood i mean the torture scenes with ash were god awful yeah um but like and those were things that i don't think they would have been able to do in as much detail if it was on like broadcast yeah. tv and they swore i mean i know the swearing was kind of like a yeah oh, i mean look what we can do but- yeah i mean and they showed they showed klingon boobs because yeah. because they could um but yeah i, mean, I, mean, I love the swearing i thought the i yeah. thought Billy. Tilly. The first F word in Star Trek was the best thing. Yeah, it was awesome. made it even better was when I read something like the day after when people were naturally writing their uh-huh. little articles about it was that she had improv that. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. And then... Well, that's awesome. Anthony Rapp improv right back. Like, uh-huh. that was, I think, maybe I'm maybe I'm misquoting that it was the first take the, where that happened, but I read that she just improved dropping the F-bomb, and oh, then he was hilarious. like, no, you're right. And <laughs> I don't know if that was also improv, because there was awful lot of coverage. Yeah. But. I mean, that's that's amazing. That's awesome, if, though. Uh, if that is true. So many so many of my favorite lines are improv. I wonder if she improv too, the the line when she comes out as um, Killy Tilly. I can't remember what her nickname Captain was. Captain Killy. Captain Killy. And yeah. she said something to, to Lorca. I can't remember exactly what the line was. Um, something about while well, I'd have you killed or something. I can't remember when she was, you know, Some, first something graphic and was, terrible. Yeah, and something, and she's like, "Was it too much?" And he's like, "Not for this universe." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the yes. look on his face was so genuinely surprised. I wonder if she improv that one too. <laughs> like, it was. I mean, it's incredible. And you know, and now that now that we bring up, you know, the look on Lorca's face, like. Can we also just acknowledge the fact that like a lot of the money that's uh, you know, that's been spent on the show has been spent on some incredible actors? Oh my goodness! I mean, you know, like you're like you're, so well cast. You're like Doug Jones. You're like he's like he's not a name that most people recognize, but he's been around the industry for a long time. Um, you know, most people know him as Abe Sapien from the Hellboy movies, and you know, like, and I unfortunately know him as the Silver Surfer from those god awful fantastic four movies and and also uh and also 
the basically the the hollow man from uh, from pan's labyrinth like the dude's been around for a long long time like and i'm sure that he demanded a good salary like michelle yeo like we all know who michelle yeo is right. jason isaacs has been around for a good amount of time anthony rapp has been you know, has been you know killing it on and off broadway for for years and years and years like i with the amount of money that they're throwing at these, like at these pretty high level stars, um, like, and, and the fact that they are able to also go ahead and get as tight of a script as they do and keep up with these special effects and keep up with just the fight choreography. It blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. That's yeah. the, the, because this is a show that has no reason to be this good. This is a show that I honestly, if you asked me six months ago, I wanted it to fail. I wanted it to fail. Yeah, so we came in the first episodes that we were talking about, and you're like, "Oh, this is going to be terrible," and it's mm-hmm. the track of my gen- of uh, you know my adult life, and it's going to be terrible. Yeah, and it's <laughs> not like it's like nope. I have better memories of this than I do of the first couple of episodes of me watching Voyager, and that was the show that like yeah. I literally grew up with. Yeah, like, like awful. L- listen, like I was, I was eight when when Next Generation ended, right? Right. You know, like, I, like it, it, it debuted oh, in '87. So I was two. So <laughs> it debuted in '87. I was two years old, <laughs> and you know, my father sat me on his lap every single night uh, when we watched it. <laughs> so, like, I've seen the whole series, but I was like two through eight. Right. Like, the first, the first Star Trek that I remember watching is Voyager, and I remember being really excited when The Rock came on there because I was. I was still watching wrestling back then, <laughs> <laughs> but this is not going to turn into Dante's childhood cast. Uh, anyways, uh, there's got to be other things about this episode that we could talk about. Um, I mean, uh, you know, please eat me, Ganglia. Which is the yeah question? Oh no, 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 no! It was it was really short. Um, yeah, yeah. I time wise, like in yeah, in- well, it was it was only like what 37, 38 minutes or something like that. Yeah, something like that, and that's including like the previously on and the credits, right? And the end yeah. credits, and it was weird. I remember that being a, it was another little footnote when people were writing about it because I I generally tried to watch, yeah, I'd read the stuff before and some of it after. And mm-hmm. the worst part of it is that I can't watch it until Monday. It drives no. me, especially the just the long day on Monday. Right, <laughs> you're like I know I'm gonna watch it because I think because you guys get it at like eight thirty on the streaming service. Well, we get it because we're on the West Coast, so we get it at like six o'clock. Oh yeah, on the Sunday night. On Sunday night. Whereas yeah. for us, it does air on TV. It airs on our like our Canadian low rent version of Sci Fi Network. Yeah. You guys, it's Space Channel, so they it airs on TV, and then the streaming mm-hmm. service has got some agreement where they can't do it until twenty four hours later. Oh. So I get to try to not read all of the stuff that people write about it on monday i, I usually that. fail i end up reading uh, an amount of it i try not to spoil all of it for myself right mm-hmm. yeah i can understand that yeah i don't a, like yeah that's a tough like eight hours after yeah. basically after i get our kindergartner dropped off at about nine in the morning i'm just like all right now i have to get through the next about seven hours until i pick them up without reading stuff <laughs> and then after i go get them which eats up 45 minutes or something, the trip there, wandering around, getting him back. Mm-hmm. Then I got to kill like another about three and a half, four hours between four and about seven o'clock when he starts getting ready to go to bed. And then mm-hmm. I try to time the bedtime process because I do that too to end right around eight. Just so, so that can... the second we're yep. done, 
you can go do it and turn it on. <laughs> yeah, I it's always always my husband says, "Oh, it's Sunday." I'm like, "Yes, it is." And it's that, oh, because we have to watch after my daughter goes to bed. So we can't watch, you know, exactly when it comes out at six because she would want to know what was going on. And she's still scared by Moana. So that's, I mean, that's, that's adorable. I'm sorry. <laughs> and <laughs> it's frozen. That she's scared of Moana. Yeah, of Moana. And well, less now of Moana because she's watched it enough, but mm-hmm. she's still scared of Frozen. She told me last night, she's like, there's that ice monster and I don't like it. I just like the songs from frozen mommy. And I'm like, that's okay. You don't have to watch frozen. My, she hasn't watched frozen in like a year. So it's not like, Oh man, you must be, you must just be like, hallelujah. Oh yeah. I miss the whole frozen thing. That's delightful. Yes. But let's mm. not get it. All right. So um, I think the one thing that we didn't really talk about in 12 is the surgery to remove um volk from uh ash yeah maybe um, do we really know if he's alive that's the thing is that the episode ended on that cliffhanger right where laurel says i've done the surgery he's himself again um you know, at, you know after he went through some horrific either mental and or physical pain um and the episode just cuts off, goes to credits, and then episode 13 happens, and there is not even a mention not of a him. clue yeah. of what is happening with him, yeah. because frankly, there are more important things happening, right. and I don't care about what yeah. Ash Tyler is doing right now. Yep. <laughs> um, which is, is, is just weird, and I am, I am still sticking quite closely to my original prediction that that uh, that Ash is going to have to have some sort of mental battle with himself. Um, cause could be. because like, she comes from the house of Klingon deception. deceit and yeah. deception. Yeah. Like I don't believe, I do not believe for a second that what she says is entirely truthful. Like I am convinced that it is two truths that sandwich a lie. That, that's 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 the most convincing way to deliver a lie is to sandwich yeah. between two truths. Oh, sure, absolutely. Um, and keep it keep it hidden. What do you think, Liam? Do you think Ash is alive? I don't know. I I agree. There's no way to have figured that one out yet. Yeah. And especially because they did do the just like, well, no, we're not doing that right now. Right. Mm-hmm. They're still they're on, he's unconscious, and this next episode takes place over the span of about maybe not real time, but close to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be curious. I I had that thought of like, maybe she just made Volk more stable or maybe she took Ash out. I don't, I don't know, but I don't know if Volk could actually speak English. So I don't know that he could handle just being like full on just him in the, in Ash's body. I think there, I think, I think, um, the the idea that there's going to be some sort of mental battle is probably correct. I don't think whatever she's doing is going to like obviously she is yes. Don't take her face value. Yeah, she's done something that they don't know yet. Right. Yeah. Well, how so did she have? have these- and then then he's also going to play a part in the actual resolution of the war. 
Yeah, he has to. Spore calculations. Yeah, he 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 can't have been this far, you know, carried this far into the into the show and had mm-hmm. such prominence to not have some sort of role in this next um, battle. I don't even know, like battles. I mean, yeah, there's gonna okay, be some like, weird stuff, and yeah, like, then the Federation has to win, so it's gonna be yeah. yeah. They gotta get a bunch. Of, they gotta get all their systems back. I know. I I said that when we were watching um, episode thirteen, which we we should probably just jump into because we've already been almost an hour and we haven't quite <laughs> yeah. we haven't touched on thirteen yet. Um, but I said that during thirteen, I said to Chris, I was like, well. If they have to win. Like, like we already know. <laughs> yeah, we have to win, but like, yeah, okay. how are they gonna win at this point? I mean, yeah. and yeah, I mean, and here's and here's the thing um, that because I, I was looking to see exactly when this fell in the original universe timeline. It is apparently started ten years before the Adventures of Kirk and Spock. I know it's not very long at all. So it's not very long, and they've yeah. just ostensibly fast-forwarded. Spoiler yeah. alert: they come back out of the mirror universe, and they are nine months ahead of where they were. Right. Um, so they're almost and, a year closer and, to that now. <laughs> yeah, and and the Klingons have you know the Klingons have basically taken over the entire front, presumably because Discovery is not there to uh, to help ward them off. Um, but yeah, like like they ostensibly jumped a year closer to uh, uh, yeah. to, to that timeline. To Kirk now, and Spock, yeah, yeah. Now, assuming that none of the um, assuming that there's no more time traveling and universe jumping shenanigans that happen, like they can actually stretch this out for a while. Um, there's nothing saying that the entire second season can't be like. You know, like a year or two in the war effort, right? Like, yeah, they, I mean, like, they, they don't have to immediately jump to, oh, cool, Discovery is back. We have to kill the Klingons now. And I don't think right. that they should. I think that the show should end uh, this season with Discovery, like, basically getting its tail kicked. Um, so that way they set up a series long conflict at this point where they they've got another two or three seasons worth of there's a war with the Klingons right now, which is something that correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that we've ever really seen like there was, there was animosity in, in Shatner and there was that uneasy truce in, um, uneasy truce in next generation. And there was, some kerfuffle that happened in deep space nine, but it was never like, it was never all out war. No, I I, no, we haven't, we haven't seen war and it's, it's clear in the original series that they, that they, they still harbor the um, bad feelings, bad feelings from the war. Both sides do Mm -hmm. Um, the Klingons a little less. I mean, the Klingons, I mean, just the Klingons of the original series. Yeah. Um, have a little bit more bravado and a little bit more um, showmanship. Yeah, I mean, and, um, and, and I mean, way more just... than these guys did. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, but uh... then you have like Worf after, who at least Worf like mm-hmm. carried himself, you know, kind of yeah. down a level from like you know, if you think I'm trying, I'm thinking of the trouble with Tribbles and the mm-hmm. um, the Klingons in that were yeah, just kind of you know. They wanted to. They called the the Enterprise a, a garbage scowl, you know. 
Oh yeah, I mean, and, just you know, to incite a fight, like just for the just for the sake of like getting their hackles up. Yeah, I mean, and, of course, Scotty ignores him until he insults the ship, which is of course the gag. Like he's insulting yeah. your mom, and he's insulting your lineage and your warriors, mm -hmm. and you're so weak. And Scotty's just like, whatever, ignore him, ignore him. And as soon as he called the ship a garbage scowl, he mm -hmm. up and punched him. So it's funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, just like I, like, I mean. You know what? Like all the naysayers, be damned um, yeah. about about this particular story. Because honestly, like this is where Star Trek has wanted to go for a couple of years now. I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and bring up the worst J.J. Abrams movie, which is easily Star Trek Into Darkness, where, where the entire premise of that movie was: Is Starfleet a diplomatic entity or is it a military entity right because that that was one of the central conflicts uh of it and they they basically wanted the enterprise to be like to be one of the flagship uh one of the flagship you know, like war battalion things and then there was that big mega ultra uh, stupid death star enterprise uh that that the other captain was uh, was doing so like it's something that has been lurking in the in the back of star trek fandom uh for at least a little bit of time now and yeah. like and i i'm honestly all for it like this is like this is something that i believe modern culture wants like we like we've never seen a like we've never seen a a time where folks were more invested in stuff like first person shooters and and war games like call yeah. of duty has dominated console gaming for the last decade or more you know like people yeah. you, know, you know the people who are watching star trek now are these people who are who are playing call of duty and halo and overwatch and all of these you know all these you know real-time war games like you know and you know, not to mention you know the prominence of world of warcraft and starcraft and all these other all these other real-time war, war games it makes perfect sense to me why star trek wants to move towards you know, to show, towards showing an actual war and displaying that these folks are actually soldiers in the paramilitary organization. Yeah. Um, so, like, honestly, like, I hope they stick with it for two seasons or so because, like, because th this is this could be the very lifeblood that Star Trek needs in order to continue making it relevant for the current generation. Yep, I can see that for sure, and and we don't have a lot of shows that tend to be about war scenarios just in general like anywhere yeah like we have war movies a lot of the time and i'm you know referencing another article that was on the geek embassy um <laughs> and how wonder woman got passed over for any oscars uh -huh. um dunkirk which was a war movie about um world war two war two yeah it was, uh, it was probably two. two i never saw it but got it got nominated like in you know, tons of categories. And I, and I mm -hmm. did see it and I was like, I don't even, I forgot that I saw that movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it was good. It was very artsy. So I can kind of see it very artsy. Um, yeah. But I, I could see kind of why it did. I was disappointed. I don't know if you were Liam that um, Blade Runner didn't get very much. Um, I kind of was. I get why. Yeah. I, I I also don't really get why people don't like Blade Runner. I think it, I, think I thought it was good. I think 2049 is on par with the original, and I think the original is a classic. Yeah. And, I just, and again, I, I've only seen 2049 once. It was it was a rare night away from a <laughs> five-year-old and a, and a six-month-old, but I 
I genuinely think that like, 2049 was spectacular, but I don't, I also don't really care about the Oscars. I, yeah. I, it got cinematography, like, which was the yeah. one thing it needed to be nominated for. Yeah. Dennis Villeneuve seems to not be liked. Actually, I don't know. He's, he's, I don't know if he's not liked by the Academy or, or, but he also he got nominated for Arrival, didn't he? I don't remember. But he's. I can't remember. He's like we like I watched. We didn't watch. We hadn't seen Arrival until after we watched Blade Runner, and yeah, Blade too. Runner is better. We watched uh, Rival just a, about a month ago, and I didn't even realize it was the same people. It was the same person. Yeah, and um, I, I think yeah. I, he could have also been nominated. I don't know that yeah. anyone else would have been. Ryan Gosling was good, but he was so sort of deliberately flat that it's hard to nominate that performance. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't think that he, yeah, that he, he should have gotten that. But I thought that it was, I liked this the way the story was constructed in it. Yeah, I just think it was a lot more thoughtful than yeah. people were giving it credit for, especially once just what was being said about it afterwards. Like mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. I mean but like me and my wife were were sitting and we usually talk about stuff we'd seen, but neither of us could like stop thinking about it and just being <laughs> like this was there was so much crazy great stuff in this and it was great to see on a big screen. And yeah. I, I I don't again, I don't particularly care about, about the Oscars. Like they can as long as the cinematography got at least nominated, it should it should win. Again, I haven't seen I don't think any of the others, but it was also one of the most amazing looking movies I'd ever seen. Yeah, it's it's it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right. Sorry, it, another an, aside. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> this is not the Dunkirk <laughs> cast. Too how awesome the fight scenes were in episode thirteen of Star Trek. Oh my Discovery. god! Can I can I just say how happy I am that they finally decided, or they finally remembered that Michelle Yeoh is a accomplished martial artist? Yeah, they um, were just, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I sort of figured once. Once was it even Jason Isaacs that pulled the sword out, or did she pull the big sword out first? As soon as uh, someone did, you knew where it yeah. was going. Yeah, he he grabbed the sword first, and then she finished him with it. Yeah, <laughs> because right after, right after Burnham says she's not going to kill him because she's, you know, she's not what they, not what she would do, which is a very important. I had a very important thing to say about that. Sure. <laughs> Because she spends an entire episode, the entire episode leading up to figuring out that Ash is a nightmare in inside. Um, uh, she spends that whole episode freaking out that she's going to lose who she is in the prime universe, like who she really is because she's mm-hmm. been in this universe. And it was that moment when I was like, you didn't lose who you were. And here's your proof. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Of course, Giorgio. Yeah. <laughs> is not of the prime universe and had you know, no compunction whatsoever to just oh no yeah georgie was crying right through the heart god it was so beautiful oh and then the scene also i think it was mm-hmm. actually episode 12 where she kills everybody in her room in her ready room or in her in the throne room yeah like yeah right after With the one button right after burner reveals that uh that she's from prime yeah. universe uh georgia like she executes literally everybody except for one guy and she's basically just like hey do you want to be like a lieutenant or something he's like uh yes (laughs) and she's like great your duty starts now and he's just like yes and walks away (laughs) i just thought it was so oh god leanne i'd forgotten about her like her ninja star from wanted that was great 
Yes. 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 That is. I. I wanted to make that reference, but I didn't think that either of you had seen that movie. I. I figured that I'm the only one that sees crappy comic book movies. <laughs> oh. I was watching that ages ago, but yeah, the 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 bending the crazy ninja star through everyone's brains yes. was great. Oh my god! And, the, and the, the other thing we didn't mention that I at least from twelve, the mm-hmm. one of the best, my favorite scenes in Star Trek ever, maybe was the dinner table. Oh god! And it's it's messed oh. up and crazy, but just when I like I just couldn't stop grinning with that. Like it's awful and dark and it brutal. Was, but I was like, but this is not a thing Star Trek would ever have done before, no, and I love that it's doing it. The shape that I mean, just the, the watching the train wreck, right? You cannot take your eyes off it, but it's dreadful. Oh, yeah, and can we just can we also nominate Cynical Martin Green for an Emmy for outstanding role in elite as a lead actress? Oh my uh, god. Cuz like she deserves it just for that scene alone. Well, and what's so funny about her yeah. is you totally see how she changed with the change in the showrunners and the direction. Mm-hmm. Cuz we critiqued her really hard in those first couple episodes. For acting so wooden, right? Yes. Yes, and which I think was partially story, which I defended her at that point too. With you know, she was trying to be a Vulcan when she wasn't. Yeah, and she's really kind of gotten away from that now, which is good. But I think a lot of that had to do with the direction and the showrunners, and that she finally got a grasp on what she was supposed to be doing and how she was supposed to be acting it. Because my goodness, like some of the close-up yeah. moments of her face, and you know, like when. Mm-hmm. Um, Giorgio was revealed, and that moment when she's like, "Oh, here, eat my thread ganglia." Oh, I just got a little nauseated. You're like, I sat there and like the Stephen Colbert gift that I've that I've sent you like 17 times yes. over the last two weeks, where he's just like, ah! just clawing at his face. Like that yeah. was pretty much me the entire time. Like, and I like yeah. to put a hand over my mouth because I, I i honest to god thought i was gonna vomit yeah it was um, disgusting just like just the fact that yeah. she like she's looking there and she's trying her best to keep her cover mm-hmm. <laughs> and she just can't handle it together man i just can't imagine okay we still we really need to we need to get 13 wrapped up here guys <laughs> I'm sorry. Like it's just and there's so much the threat ganglia was so good it was uh, so good then well yeah um yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, thirteen was it? It's a big fight. My, my, my big critique, like, the fight was great. My big critique was that was how easily it seems that this ragtag group of fighters who have basically just been in twenty-four hour a day torture for God knows how long. He says two hundred nineteen days. Two hundred okay, two hundred nineteen days. Sorry. <laughs> So I um, only I only remember that because I was watching like a collection of best moments clips. Gotcha. And, and okay. Yeah. It, so. So 219 days <laughs> times 24 hours a day that they were being tortured. Um, yeah. These people are all like remarkably sane for for having endured that. Um, yeah. And also in remarkably great shape that they took down the entire Imperial cruiser and right. managed to get to Philippa Giorgio, um, basically in her in her throne room. Um, well, they did have some weapon that wiped out a bunch of people. Yeah, they breeze past that pretty quickly, but yeah. the Lorca has damn it's use 
whatever bioweapon bio he's been building and kills. Which I imagine was... of the ship, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, you see a bunch of, you know, like, black clouds or whatever enter a, you know... And then a lot of choking okay. on foam and okay. yeah. a bunch so, yeah, of extras that... who've collapsed to the ground. So that's... That's yeah, how that, I see that. Okay, so that that I think that and was. And I imagine, I although they didn't explicitly say it, and Liam, you can back me up on this if you agree. But I imagine that was what was the mycelial weapon that yeah. had caused the damage, because it was yeah. some sort of. It looked spore-like. It like had the same kind of like effect that the spores have. Yeah, and it's it, Lorca doesn't have it until he finds Mirror Stamets woken yeah. up, and then he's like, "All right, give me this thing you've been building." Yeah. Yeah. So. Because yeah, obviously Lorca knows all about all the stuff that he's been doing mm -hmm. when he was the Giorgio's right hand man. I just think it all tracked. Like, yeah, I almost use it. Yeah, it's weird. We spent so much time on the other one, but it's, it was almost it was a bundle of both episodes and the mirror yeah. universe in general. And this one, there's a lot to think about in this one. I think the thing I would most want to talk about is how, again, they've also, and I think pretty deliberately, the writers because they were probably still working on it on these bits, maybe not after premiered, I guess if even the timeline I'm talking about, like when I told my, you're hearing the people talking a restaurant story, that was early October and the show hadn't premiered until mid-September. Right. If they were dealing with some of the backlash that, oh, it doesn't feel Star Trek-y, it doesn't, they don't feel like a crew, but I just think the whole discovery coming together and Saru's big moment, mm -hmm. which was phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. That, that I think was the was the standout moment. Like like I I I really loved the the whole like just kidding. I hate poetry line. That made me really happy. <laughs> um, you texted but, that one, or you you put that in the Slack when it, when you were watching it. <laughs> oh God, it was great. <laughs> oh um, I hate poetry. <laughs> kidding, I hate poetry. But but watching Saru become the captain that we all knew that he has been trying to be it it finally solidified his entire character and justified his character being on the show because we know he's like he's had repeated attempts and repeated failures throughout this entire series like you know most notably when he was acting captain and he was trying to use the computer to compare himself to uh, to, to previous captains and you know, right, like um, figure himself it, out and figure out a way to be a captain. Yeah, to figure out a way to be a captain, yeah. like as if that's a textbook thing to do. Right. And his like his speech was like it wasn't long, it wasn't drawn out. He chose exactly the correct words that his crew needed to hear in order to inspire confidence and loyalty and drum up morale from a bin that you know, that by all rights had no morale to scoop out of like he found it. And that is, as far as I'm concerned, that is the mark of a true leader, a true captain. And Saru is, I, I am so proud that he has finally come into his own as a, as a, as a character and as, and as a captain, it's just, it has been an absolute delight watching him move from who he was at the beginning of the show to who he is to who he is now you know like burnham has done her fair share of growing too but screw and screw and stamets like as far as i'm concerned like they are completely different people and yeah. i am 
like and I I am totally on board with with Saru being being this captain here. I mean, as as far as I know, first alien captain uh, of a star vessel. Am I am I correct? Like. I mean, like, I, like, like, I know I think, Worf. I know Worf had the Defiant, but that's not really like you know, like an Enterprise yeah. class cruiser. No, and and this is you know, long long before that because what next generation is a hundred hundred years in the future. Something, something to that effect. I, I I don't know if that would be entirely right. Even going by the old one, it's like chronologically the first one we've seen. But also, right. then there's the what's the original series episode. Uh, Immunity syndrome, the giant space amoeba that kills the space, which kills the ship of Vulcans. Right. The entire ship crewed of, by Vulcans. Right. Ah, okay. Yep. It was, and it was a Starfleet vessel, or was it a Vulcan vessel? Yeah, no, it was the. Let's see, I'm, I'm been sitting on a review site anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I had, the, I had the review of this episode open just so I could glance at something, but where yeah. is? It's bugging me. It was, yeah, immunity syndromes, the intrepid. The intrepid, right. Uh, this is sounding familiar now. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Starship yeah. intrepid. Okay. All right. Well, let, all right, so I will amend my statement. So it looks like he is being primed to be the first, to be the, the first, uh, I guess, main character. Who right. Is, who is captaining an Enterprise class vessel. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, that's I absolutely agree with, and it's it was a bit of a yes, that was a pedantic thing for me to do, but again, <laughs> okay. tired and well, you don't know if you haven't watched. I, that's usually me, and it's I'm very delighted that it's you, Liam, this time. <laughs> and, like, and like honestly, like I am, like I am so I'm so incredibly excited about this. Uh, oh yeah, and that, yeah, that was my like the mirror stuff was great. It was fun to do a big. It was fun to do an all cartoony, but. Uh-huh. And that's actually why I would go back and disagree. I meant to before, but I didn't quite get there. Like, I, actually, I almost kind of disagree that I'd want to see them do another, like another season of a war. I like as that scene in engineering where Saru uh-huh. becomes the captain. Like I want that crew now with Vern- right. with Burnham because I also right. I do love I love Burnham. She's great. Yeah, yeah she she has grown on me. Mm-hmm. Like like. All, all I need is is Saru, Stamets, Tilly, and Burnham, and like I got a show. <laughs> yeah, and um, I also like I, I I love the way that the Saru and Burnham interplay has worked. Um, yeah, because there's been his whole like when he eventually confronts her, where they confront each other, and how he resents her because she basically took everything from him a bunch of right. times. And you can even see it before there was that direct explicit confrontation when she first shows up on discovery again she just needles him i don't remember the exact exchange but i remember it being in like the first non shenjo episode it was when lorca first absconds her and he's she's trying to get her way and saru comes in and legitimately i think tries to push his authority as first officer of the ship and mm-hmm. tries to stop Burnham, but she she tweaks him. She does something I, again. I can't remember the exact line, but just yeah. she deliberately needles him to do something. She uses she uses her knowledge of him. Um, yeah, to manipulate him. To manipulate him to get mm-hmm. what she wants, and yeah. I think he even calls her on it. And it's all just it's layers of writing that just 
again, I'm not going to sit here and say it's absolutely the best Star Trek of all time because there's some there is some great older Star Trek. Yes, in all of the previous series, but mm-hmm. this is the first one that feels like a it's hit the ground running so quickly, mm-hmm. and B also has a layer of depth to the writing between the characters because that's the thing about Star Trek particularly while Gene Roddenberry was alive and then only slowly after that you wouldn't get this sort of adversarial or confrontational even relationship between characters for more than like a scene or two or Mm -hmm. a temporary character. Yeah. Maybe on Deep Space Nine you would because that was the best Star Trek before now. Which one? Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Because it just generally was the strongest and had the most. It had the, it had a bit of actual conflict and a bit yeah, of and interpersonal drama. And whereas, better, yeah, I was going to say better character development than. Oh yeah, uh, you know more about. Ones. You knew more about two dozen characters on Deep Space Nine than you did about Harry Kim by the right. end of Voyager. Yeah, yeah, or even you know, I mean. Or half the original series characters, but that's also because TV was much different. Yeah, but I, I was going to say on Next Generation, I was going to say even those characters, um, although there are arcs and some development in in them, they really stay kind of um, caricatures or, um, you know, it's very, very light. Yeah, that's true. I could, I could practically have, instead of Harry Kim, I could have used Jordy LaForge as an yes. example. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, like they We just know don't... almost nothing about Jordy. Yeah, like, and we don't see them really grow as people until they get into the movies, and then they still only do, you know, kind of baseline growth at that point. Oh, LeVar yeah. Burton is great. If yeah. If you've ever met the man, he's the, possibly one of the nicest people who's ever existed. Mm-hmm. But Jordy LaForge isn't, like, an act, but, and the character is pleasant. He's yeah. He's done a lot of great things, and there's a lot of great he's, moments with him. He's mm-hmm. serviceable, is what but he's serviceable. Which isn't what a lot of the characters about Jordy LaForge. Yeah, like they're stop, and that's stop, stop ruining the, my <laughs> memories of my favorite character. <laughs> oh my no, god! I'm, I'm sorry, I don't no, want no, to miss the veil, but it is, but it's true. Like in it, terms of like, it's fine. The depth of the stories are just not really there, and I think. And we talked about this before that people's nostalgia really does kind of carry, carry them into, to having more passionate thoughts. Yeah. And, oh, and I, I love Star Trek Next Generation, yeah. but I also, I think there's out of seven years, there's maybe three good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Or in aggregate, in aggregate, you add all the episodes together that are genuinely good to great. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get higher peaks than you do with all with with probably every other Star Trek. Yeah, with maybe over seven years worth of it, you don't. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah. if you try to take every individual episode and then you sort them by weight, you'll yeah. get like maybe three three years worth out of seven. Yeah, I tried to rewatch them not that long ago, and I just couldn't quite bring myself to do it. And I I know, and I'm wondering now if that's part of what what was off for me was just knowing that the it's so much. I I I know. Um, people used to joke that the original series was um, we came, we saw, and we either fought or had sex. Like that was like yeah, <laughs> Kirk's like approach, and mm-hmm. Picard's was um, we came, we saw, and we talked about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. 
And so I think that that was part of what kind of put it off for me was um, yeah. not really wanting to get back into watching all of the talking. Yeah, it's 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 kind of odd to go back and rewatch Star Trek series these days. Mm-hmm. We probably my wife and I have probably watched most of it in the last few years, probably since our first kid was born. I remember we were watching the original series right around then, rewatching it on Netflix the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's watchable. Like there are obviously some, there's some not great original series episodes. Yeah, absolutely. But it all it holds up almost best overall. Then Next Generation, yeah. it's, it's hard to get through seven years of it. Yeah, that's that's. Um, I've I've thought that before too. But I I think because for Roddenberry, his focus was really on morality tales, and 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 political commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that elevates some of the original series in a way that um, they were trying a little bit. There's some episodes in Next Generation that were kind of political, but not, yeah. you know, but then quite. Also, even famously behind the scenes of Next Generation, there was, there were writers pushing back against his ideals, but right. almost it, it was, it was towards the end of his life. And he was mm-hmm. at this point sort of acknowledgedly being very, stubborn about what they could and couldn't do and uh, again uh, sort of inarguably about everyone who's looked at this it's it was for the it was was of the show Mm -hmm. because it's interesting devoid of conflict characters yeah i was just gonna say you have to have a conflict yeah and that's what's so so brilliant about um discovery is They've woven so many layers of the conflict into the story and managed to bring it all back together. Like the reveal for Giorgio as the emperor in mm-hmm. the mirror universe. And, and I'm good. I, I guess a lot of the time what's coming and my husband hates it and he hates watching things with me sometimes. Cause I'll be like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is about to happen. And he's like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get it. And I was like, and I went online to see and I like checked Twitter and I saw a couple of people who had said it before, um, before the reveal came out. But for the most part, I, I think it caught people off guard. And I thought that that was really cool. That so, was the one that caught the most people as far as I could tell. And yeah. I also, yeah, I didn't, I knew it was going to be someone. I mm-hmm. think I had half predicted it would be Stamets. Yeah. I, that's what I, we said I was too. almost just using economy of characters. Cause I didn't mm-hmm. think they would bring Michelle Yeoh back. Yeah. Yeah. Where I, I thought it would have leaked, but they did a real good job keeping that secret. They did. Yeah. Cause they um, had her cause I had been all over the IMDB and she had only been listed in as three episodes, you know, cause they can blow it on things like that. We were talking about that with the whole um, conspiracy over Ash as well. Um, how they managed to keep it under wraps on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, that and when yeah, that's but they, her reveal as the emperor was definitely the one. It made the most sense in hindsight because like obviously you're going to use the mm-hmm. biggest yeah. reveal. Like Stamos would have been weird and kind of boring to just use whoever was lying around because it had <laughs> to be someone or else it wouldn't have been fun. Oh man, I was I like I was I thought that it was going to be Burnham. I like. I, I was hoping that she was going to like just you know turn around and just be confronted herself. with herself, and and Mirror Burner would just be like, "Oh, well, this is interesting." Cut to black because I thought that would have been great. Yeah, uh, this is better. <laughs> but it, 
you know, like Philip Pichiricchio, like said it once, I've said it a billion times, I'll follow her to the gate of hell. Yeah. Anyways, um, we have gone completely off the rails now. <laughs> a little bit. Which is okay. Uh, we're still in. I think the we're last still... thing. Yes. I, I, I just want to say the, the mirror universe, which could have been a big gimmick. Yes. And I think people mm-hmm. were also worried about when it came out. I think, what is it? Jonathan Frakes leaked it at first because mm-hmm. he directed the first one. Oh, right. Where yes. they confirmed it. And I think yeah, he might have leaked it or it might have been rumbled before then. But I think the fact that this show took the mirror universe, which Deep Space Nine, by the end, for all that I love Deep Space Nine, it kind of ruined it by the end. Mm-hmm. It it drove it into the ground. Um, and was never more than just sort of a cartoon excuse to put Nana Visitor in a leather onesie, leather jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. But they actually, like, they tied the idea of the mirror universe into the themes of the show that they had been weaving through all the way along. And I was completely unconvinced that that could be done. Yeah. Like, I, that was almost more than anything that the writers accomplished blew me away most. Like, the fact that they could take this goofy, cartoon evil conceit that right. had just been... Well, that, every, that everybody it, it, makes fun of, right? Oh, you know, the evil version of him has a goatee. Yeah. Right? Like created yeah, goatee villains. I think it did. Like, the, the goatee mm-hmm. Spock created yeah. the idea of yeah. ridiculous goatee oh, villain. Yes, yep, absolutely. absolutely did. Yep. And then Deep Space Nine again was just sort of watching Kira Norris vamp around in her outfit and having letting the rest of the cast have a lot of fun. Oh, I can make a Buffy reference. It's like the doppelganger episode of Buffy. Oh, I love doppelganger land. It was so good. Yeah. But then the fact that this this Star Trek could take that goony 50-year-old idea. Right. And yeah, it it went a little cartoony, obviously, by the end. And there's it's not without flaws 100%, but they... Actually, successfully tied it into the larger moral and thematic ideas behind the show and behind even Burnham's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. they never, aside from maybe the very first Mirror episode, which had a few more ideas behind it than any of the other ones they'd ever done. Yeah, you they, mean they for were, and the one on the story. original series? Yeah, Mirror, yeah. Mirror. Yeah. They they did they did actually try to expand explore a little bit of like alternate personalities and what it meant and the significance society. of it yeah. yeah yeah whereas they abandoned that for cartoonishness right. in the later ones yeah. and mm-hmm. a bunch of those were fun until they weren't anymore right the fact that they could take that and fix it in this and get something that like. Could could also be crazy and cartoony and have a giant sword fight at the end, mm-hmm. right? With the moon door from Game of Thrones. I know, <laughs> I know, I thought yeah. that too. <laughs> but the, yeah, you could watch Burnham be concerned about holding on to who she is, right? And having Saru make a big speech about conquering the evil spirit of the universe that they're stuck in. Basically, it's not okay. just about that, but. If they mm-hmm. could weave all of this in and spend four episodes here in a row. Yeah. 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 
and had it not been a complete ridiculous monstrosity. Yeah. Like it's yeah, or or a joke. Yeah. The it works as well. Yeah. Yep. I think it was it was really it's really cool. I'm really I don't know. I really loved getting being able to see Captain Killy. Like it just Yeah, hurt. and it gave us Captain Killy. It gave us Captain Killy and I will I will love Star Trek Disco for the rest of my days just because it gave us Captain Tilly. Can Captain I Tilly. can I can I just say how upset I am that they built the whole thing up and then they just did nothing with it. <laughs> Like absolutely nothing with with Captain Tilly. Like, yeah, I, th- I thought that that was going to be a wonderful character moment where the character truly finds some confidence and she you know, she. Well, comes I think we still own. have yet to see that part pay off because I think she's going to take the confidence that she gained acting as Captain Kelly back to mm-hmm. the Prime universe, and so I, I don't think we've seen the payoff for what changes yeah. have come for her. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with that because yeah, because once yes, when you first said there wasn't the full payoff with that. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, maybe. But then I'm also realizing that you can't think about this show the way you think about every other Star Trek. Because every other Star Trek, if they were going to learn about, if they're going to have learned about something, they would have done it by the end of that hour. Right. It would have been in the compartment. Maybe Deep Space Nine would draw Mm -hmm. it out a little bit. Yeah. But Next Generation certainly wouldn't. Voyager definitely wouldn't in a million years. Enterprise wouldn't. Particularly, Enterprise actually actually having rewatched Enterprise recently of all of the Star Treks actually holds up much better than yeah it does I remembered yeah yep I was the typical Star Trek snob when it was airing yeah I watched it late mm-hmm. I only watched it a couple of years ago and I was like this is really good and they did a really because it is another one where it did actually have stories that arced through yeah and they actually the characters would grow yes more like T'Pol would grow. Mm-hmm. Most of yeah. all of them, probably just to Paul, but yeah. like they they were actually sort of successful in that yeah. more than I'd ever given a credit for before rewatching it again last year. Yeah, they did. But, I like I like Enterprise. I know it's like not the like you said. It's not great, but it also it's yeah, it's much better than people give it credit for. It but, is, yeah. yeah, for sure. To go quickly back to this one point, just to say that yeah, they didn't pay off Captain Kelly. I did almost agree. Then I went. But then, yeah, Virginia, you said, but you it might pay off soon. I'm like, you know what? It might. I yeah. actually trust them enough, judge on what mm-hmm. I've seen so far, that they're actually tracking this stuff. Yeah. And Whereas one of before, the, you could not count on that. And one, one of the important things, too, for, mm-hmm. for Tilly's arc was the science part and was healing stamens. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it wasn't for her yeah. um, infusing him with the the... My spores, spores yeah. um, he wouldn't have been able to come back and they mm-hmm. wouldn't have ever gotten out of there. Um, yes. So she still had a really, and she had to stand up against Saru to do that because he wanted to just leave him in the hands of the medical officers. And she had to push at him and say, you know, I'm the most qualified person to treat him here. So, and I think that that's partially confidence that she already had gained from being with the, the the cool Captain Killy wig, or at least mm-hmm. I hope it was a wig, because I hope they didn't cut her hair like that. And, I mean, and they, they said it, Burnham. What was they that? Was and a, her time with Burnham, yes, her and, time with and Burnham. just on the ship in general, like she has also yeah. grown. She yeah. she started as the the goofy 
motormouth cadet with yep. the sleep apnea machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now she's, yeah, like they've, they have evolved these characters in the course of 13 episodes. And it's kind of, again, kind of bonkers considering yeah. when you look back at Star Trek's track record. At yeah, actually absolutely. Developing characters. Absolutely. All right. Really quickly, since we're, we're, we're run over on our time a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Let's just get our predictions. What we think is going to come. I don't even think I have any at this point. <laughs> oh, God. Dante's uh, thinking a war is coming. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna stick with that. Is that the war's coming? Right. Um, and that that's I, what season two will be I, about. I don't think. I do not think that the entire war story is going to be resolved in two episodes. Yeah. It, okay. I, I think it's just impossible. It's not going to happen, and they're going to end with some sort of war cliffhanger. Um, and I'm still going to maintain uh, my other prediction that. Uh, that Burnham is going to have to watch Giorgio die again. Right. Okay. What about you, Liam? Do you have some predictions? I predict they do wrap up the war, but I I actually agree that Giorgio is dead again. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't I think agree on that too. Alive, just story-wise, and I don't think they... I don't think they're able to keep the door open to have Michelle Yeo just drop in anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> she'll be coming back another season. <laughs> I, think it, I I don't know. I don't have a ton of predictions. Yeah. I, 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 I don't really have a lot at this point, too. I've, I've had I, more I think Saru point. stays captain yeah. for the next okay. season. I think there's Captain Saru for season two of Discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Burnham gets brought back into Starfleet and is the first officer, but I don't think that's a hard prediction. That's just where it's going to. Yeah. That makes sense. Just where it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, um, Giorgio is going to sacrifice herself for Burnham. Yeah. um, Because we have to remember that mirror Giorgio is her mother. Her adopted mother, yes. Her adopted mother, but yes, her adopted mother. So the connection between them. I mean, it was always a strong connection in the Prime universe as well, but it is even more has even greater significance in the Mirror universe. Um, So I think that that's that's she is going to watch her die. I agree with you on Dante on that one that Burnham has Mm -hmm. to watch, but she's also going to see her sacrifice herself so that they can get away or something. I don't know exactly what it is. Sure. I mean, it's essentially what she thought she was doing when she bought her the time so she could get off the yeah the emperorship in the mirror universe. So oh yeah, she gonna be pissed in the next episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I've no no doubt about that. But I also think Mm -hmm. it's not a hard jump to make that they're gonna need her tactical Mm -hmm. uh, understanding to to get anywhere to to get some sort of advantage that she'll give them with her. Yeah, they they even yeah. alluded as such. Yeah, they did. I think also not again not a wild prediction or one that I even have a ton of definitive direction. I think that the spore network gets wiped out mm-hmm. by the end of this season. Well, it, it has to. to. It yeah. has to. Like it has to end. It has to, there has to be some way that they can't use it anymore because why wouldn't they have continued to use it in the rest of the you know shows? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's I why I was, I was like, just like, I don't think this is a tough prediction because yeah. 
They yeah. kind of have to. It and has to. Just the, yeah. the entire endeavor gets sort of swept and classified. And yeah. Yep. The one plot thread that was dangling that they did that they did not wrap up at all was the prime defiant. Right. Supposedly yes. it was going to be this big thing, but then they just went, well, let's just blow up this glowy ball and that'll fix it. Yeah. Well, yeah. like two and a half episodes going for the defiant info. Right. Never yeah. found. Which I was a little yeah. bummed about because it would have been neat to see that ship because they were also like, yeah, we're saying that because again, some of the, Fruit hats on Reddit were saying that well, the ship looked different in the things, and the the writers just went because it's been there for a hundred years. <laughs> like the the stands holding the warp nacelles up had a hinge in them, and they were some of the people freaked out. Right, yeah. like that was not what it looked like. That's not what the Constitution class looked like. And they're like, it's been there for a hundred years, guys. Yep, they dug into it and they did stuff to it. Yep. It's just I yeah I also get mad when those when people get so upset about those sorts of things and then you should the go read that are like, there's a very simple <laughs> solution to this you guys <laughs> which is get over it <laughs> yeah yeah get, get over, over it yeah, the, it is also it's make believe get over it yes exactly I mean it's it's, it's storytelling yeah it's yeah this is it just get over it I mean I. Uh, I challenged Evan to go ahead and write a uh, write a companion piece to it. I yep. wonder if he's I wonder if he's going to do it. I, I hope, don't know. We'll see. I hope he does. We'll see. We'll mm. see if he's got enough. Uh, if he's uh, got enough gusto. Yeah, in him to to respond to it because Dante mm. was writing specifically about Star Wars. So. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, I T, TGE fans, like I got Evan's buy-in to go ahead and do this. Like right. even though he and I are on complete opposite sides of this argument, yes. So like. we are doing this in a respectful manner, yeah. and, uh, and and meant to be a uh, meant to be a healthy debate among colleagues. How even we do though, things, yeah. Even <laughs> even though I think Evan is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, he thinks you're wrong too. So no, yeah. Hey. So, so no hard, hey. no foul. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, thank you for watching and listening. Uh, we're always glad to have you. Are you watching Disco? What do you think? We'd love to hear your comments and your thoughts. Uh, catch us on Twitter at The Geek Embassy or visit us at the website, thegeekembassy.com. Many thanks to Liam for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Very exciting. Again, I sorry, I was just a picture of a of a tie knot, but it's it's now <laughs> quarter to one. I know. It's I, so late. <laughs> I did all this after ch two children bedtime, and it's very dark in here, and I do not look presentable for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't blame you. And I thank you, and I do hope you join us for our last episode um, on the the season finale. If you're willing to stay up late again for us. Yep. I think I think if you'll have me, I would like to. I would love it. I would love it. Yeah, thanks that'd be great. great. Yeah, that'd be great. So thanks for listening, and until next time, get your disc on. Later, folks. Bye. <laughs>